It's a Louisiana tradition that goes back before written history. But who exactly are the faith healers known as traiteurs? What are their rituals and rules? I'm your host, Darla Montgomery, and on today's episode, we meet with a panel of traiteurs and believers who explore the rich and even mysterious world of Southwest Louisiana faith healing, now on 10 Talks Acadiana. 10 Talks Acadiana, the podcast powered by KLFY.com. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us today for 10 Talks Acadiana. We are talking about a subject that has been a tradition. It is deep-rooted in the Cajun and Creole cultures. That is folk medicine and also traitors, or healers, as they are known. Joining me today are three very special people who know so much about this subject. I've got to tell you guys, over the years, I uh, did a story maybe 20 years ago, telling my age here, it's okay. Uh, I did the story and they're still calling. They still want to know where are these people. We need their help. Let's start with you. I'm Pat Cravens. I'm originally from Lafayette. However, most of my married life I spent in St. Landry Parish. And definitely the tradition of thritters and um, uh, folk medicine mm -hmm. uh, was part of our culture from the time I knew what culture meant. My name is Dennis Paul William and I'm from St. Martinville, Louisiana. And uh, I'm grateful that I've had people pass tradition, oral tradition and uh, oral folk medicines uh, onto just osmosally, not intentionally. It's something that we just kind of was around. You just really acquired through uh, That's right. association. It's so deep in our cultures. Right. And of course, I'm Becca Begdo, and uh, I'm from Scott, Louisiana, and I've been um, doing healing work for 30 years and only recently have understood how it's still not understood. And, but it's still here, and people ask me, I want to do that, how can I do that? And so what I would like to hope that everybody would get as they listen is look for healers in your own family in your own backyard, in your own culture, in your own neighborhood. We're not here to be sought out. We're here to help you find it inside of you and in, around. It's everywhere. And I'm so glad you said that because as all of you know, we've lived here all of our lives. We've grown up around this. We know and understand what a traitor is and what uh, it, the healing that, that's involved as well as the spirituality that's connected to it because it is a very um, spiritually based, uh, religiously faith based and so let's describe what a traitor is. It is a healer. Um, I do know that they do not um, promote themselves so you can't find them in, in a directory anywhere, right? Why is that? Probably one of the beliefs I'm thinking mm -hmm. surrounding that whole uh, type of thing. You know, you can't you can't ask them. And how much is that? Right. Can't you pay can't, for it. You can't pay for it. Uh, you might want to make you might make a donation, but they'll don't ask them how much do I owe you, and don't say thank you, because it's supposed to be a gift that was given to them they're saying the gift comes from God 
He's anointed me to be able to do this and I'm not gonna sell it. So I'm thinking advertising, that would just go totally against what they represent. Is that what you understand? And you as well? Also, but also that uh, the idea is the effectiveness is of it's redirecting the thoughts and re redirecting the way you see yourself. The idea is to put someone in a position where you, you, you vision what they're thinking of and you show them the better part of them. So the idea also is that you want to make sure that you testify to your powers and to God's might. It sounds like an inner strength and also your faith in God. Right, absolutely. It has nothing to do with uh, power in the sense of that we just are like uh, conduits. Mm -hmm. But God is utilizing us to do something. But it's not like we take a title or like a position or a trade. You know, I'm an artist by trade. Mm -hmm. But that's not how it works. In fact, you, you know, it was given to me, okay? And I didn't really accept it because I didn't really know how to, how to deal with it until God spoke to me and said, listen, you do this, never charge for it. Never charge for it. When you say it was given to you, mm -hmm. do you mean by someone? Well. How does that work? How does it work is that people older acknowledge that you have something in you that is ah. special, okay? And that specialness is not for you as an individual, but it's a collective energy. Mm -hmm. And with this collective energy, you, you have to re pass uh, it on. You have to reciprocate, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay, or exchange. You have to be powerless. You have to you have to be humble. And you have to recognize that it's not about promotion. You don't advertise this because it doesn't work that way. <laughs> And, and that was that yeah. was leading me to ask uh, to direct a question toward you as well. Um, so I, you know, like a, a lot of us get into what we do backwards. So I had a I had cancer and I had a mastectomy in '89, and one of the nuns at the hospital said, "I think you should look into healing work." Listen, I thought that nun was baddie, but mm -hmm. you know, because I I'm the one who needs Need, the healing. Help. Right. Well, we are still friends and. I looked into healing, but I didn't know a treter. Okay, so I studied Reiki, I studied healing touch. There are lots of methods of healing that we can learn because everybody can do this. So after I had been doing that a long time, I ran into a lady at Our Lady of Lourdes because we were having a, a group of, of people who did healing work. It was called the Holistic Wellness Network. And this lady come to find out she was from Scott and she goes, oh, are you a treter? And I'm like, Oh, no, but I wish because my grandpa was, but he died before. She said, do you want the prayer? Well, okay, I know that I'm supposed to get it from a man, and he's supposed to be older than me. And I look at her, and I say, oh, yes, I would love it. And so I got the prayer to treat after I had been practicing healing in other ways. But I always practiced it as like, as it's a community service is what it is. And we don't even have the same community. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we don't know how to serve. Right. You know, we used to barter. Yes. Like Pop would treat the people at his barn. And my uncle said one time, we weren't supposed to watch. He told us not to watch. And it made me happy to know my uncles were also mischievous. Because, you know, you think old men were always good. <laughs> he said, I used to watch Papa. And he'd like, take that headache and throw it away. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now. 
when I learned something called healing touch, which nurses teach each other, it, they call that magnetic unruffling, and you run your hands through the auric field because we understand that energy doesn't stop at the fingertips. And when he said that, I realized everything that's new they're teaching us is not new. But we have a way to teach it with quantum physics. We can get smart, smart, <laughs> but I'm not a quantum, I'm not the smart one, but you know. So it, it was very heartwarming for me to realize what I had done before I could get the Tretar prayer and only after my uncle shared was the same thing. Now you well, said that you were supposed to get it from a man. Mm. So can we talk about how that is passed on? Um, I know that's in some cultures, some communities, that mm -hmm. is a belief, because that's not the first time yeah. that I've heard that, that you get it, a woman gets it from a man, and a man gets it from a woman. And by getting it, what I'm saying is a prayer is passed on, yes, yes. and it's a specific prayer to a specific ailment, right? Yes, right. it's called the transmission of the gift. Well, how I, how I got well, <laughs> got involved with it is, it, I never chose it, it chose me. Mm -hmm. uh, one day I was uh, in the yard with friends and about to play basketball, and this old black man seeing me and noticed that nobody was choosing me. I wasn't chosen to play basketball with the rest of them. That old man noticed me, and one of the things he asked me if I wanted to make a nickel. Of course I said yes. I went over to his house, told him to sit down, I sat down, pulled out a brown paper bag, had him, uh, he gave me a, a butter knife, and he explained to me. He said, I want you to go out, and I'm going to show you what it is. And he opened his drawer, and he pulled out a dirt dauber. You know what a dirt dauber is? Mm -hmm. Yes. They're like a wasp, and they have the little dirt nest. Right. And he put it in the corner, and he said, his eyes going to work. This man is an old man. He said, you go out and you get me these dirt dabbers. He said, but here's, here's the instruction that you got to pay attention to. He said, it has to be in that brown paper bag. But you, I'm young. Metaphoric, he, he, knew he didn't want anybody to know, to see if I could keep a secret. That was the idea, is that I could follow the instruction mm -hmm. and bring him back the material without letting anybody see what I was doing. Uh, yeah. I was going around under people's house in the corner <laughs> with a butter knife. To find knife. them, that's with a butter knife. With a butter knife and a brown paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, really, really. So I come back, he counted, give me my nickel. And finally one day, he goes to my mama, they have a conversation. I don't know what they're talking about. He takes me to, around with him. Mm -hmm. Fine. You know, mama never talked to me about it. See, he's going to teach you some things. Listen to what he has to say. That man would take me to Arkansas, and they would have a house ready, and he would come in, no joke. My instruction was for him just to watch. Don't say anything to anybody around, or have no conversation. Just get what I tell you to get, Dennis. That's what he would tell me. Now, he taught me about herbs. He taught me about, listen, gave me listening skills. I mean, this, this is a person with no, no, no uh, institutional education. I mean, this man was a genius to me. I mean, he was that brilliant. He's a brilliant man. And imagine this, a little house on a hill, plenty of cars around, like they were coming to see some concert or something. They were coming wow. to see that man. And what I would do, this was miraculous. He would send me to go get a glass of water, hand him a glass of water. He put it in the center of the table, boom. And the client would sit right next to him without saying a word to that man. And he'd look at him and he'd look through the water. 
and he would tell those people things about him himself. Wow. And they would get so emotional, they would cry, because it would be like, I don't know this man, I never met this man mm -hmm. before. And that man knew exactly. There wasn't no, you know, around here at the culture, sometimes we think in terms of witchcraft. We well, that, that was my next, that's yeah, where I was going charm, next, is this people is think it's voodoo or hoodoo and all of this magical, even you know, though, stuff. Even though it has nothing to do, it's a religion like every other religion, okay? It just has to be, you know, black, you know? And, you know, we have that stereotype about people that you know, you mentioned that it is definitely in the black culture, but it is also in our Cajun brothers and sisters. And so perhaps people who are listening are wondering, is this something that the Acadians picked up once they came here? Was this something um, because they were definitely around the African, uh, the Indian, mm -hmm. the Spanish, all of the cultures that were already here, already practicing this healing in each of their own cultures? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we all have it. We didn't get it from them, and they didn't get it from them, and they didn't get it from us. We all had it, and we just put it all together. But it's the awareness. It's the owning and to the respect that you have it, mm -hmm. I have it, we have it, right? I mean, it just And we learn from each other. We do. Mm -hmm. I received an article just last week that there were traitors in Canada also, but they have different names. And because the word usage has changed, linguistics plays a big role in this. Mm -hmm. So it's in every culture. So do we have to say, well, we got it from the African people? No, they brought theirs. Right. We got it from the Native Americans? No, they had theirs, they brought it. To get it from the European, we all have it. And traiteur itself is translated exactly as what? It well, is a healer? in real French or in standard mm -hmm. French, it's called, it means a caterer. But for us, it's a treater. But what happens when these cultures came together, mm -hmm. French dominated. Yes, it did. Why? Oh, I don't know. It wasn't because of war. It was not because of politics. It, I don't know. I think it's so we could all curse. <laughs> and, and no one would know what we're saying. You say pardon my French and then you say we do we say pardon my French. Hello. Okay. And, and Catholicism <laughs> dominated. Yes. Why? Yes. Because that was the, the because this was a, a Catholic colony wasn't a Protestant colony. It was Catholic, that's right. So, okay, and then, you, you, but the domination didn't erase the origins. So, do you have to be a Cajun or Creole or oh. Catholic or speak French to be a healer? No. No, look in your own backyard, but, huh? But you know, I, I, I don't look at myself as, I, I, don't, I don't use that word healer in mm -hmm. a sense for me. Mm -hmm because all I'm doing is kind of balancing something that is already there. Yeah, and I, I, I see uh, Pat's here itching to <laughs> jump in this conversation. Well, uh, it's a little difficult because I think of the three, I'm the only one who's not a uh, traiteur. Well, and me too. Okay, well, okay, so we're not traiteurs. <laughs> right. I don't but call myself in, I just, right. in, in what I'm hearing, mm -hmm. I think um, mm -hmm. if the general public were actually looking for an mm -hmm. understanding, just a, a little bit easier mm -hmm. to get to where these people are. Mm -hmm. All I need to tell you is the Green Mile. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm. That's what they're, they're explaining to us. Mm. The Green Mile. Mm. We didn't know what his religion was. We weren't sure what his origin mm. was. Mm -hmm. And 
you're saying, yeah, but that was fiction. Mm. But some people believe what we're talking about right now is fiction. Mm -hmm. There are people like the traiteur in the Green Mile who took in those illnesses that he treated. Yes, and uh, I can remember after we left that movie theater, seeing the Green Mile, mm. I kind of looked, my husband is not one who gets totally sold on that kind of thing, you know, he's, mm -hmm. I'm practical and I know, I know better. <laughs> right, and, and this I'm is going, just a movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm looking across the way and he's driving and I see a teardrop. Oh, wow. And I said, what'd you think of the movie? He said, the, it was something, it was something. I said, you know what the problem with him was? I said, I grew up in a, a culture, in a household that actually believed in miracles. Ha, come on now. Mm -hmm. I said, but mm -hmm. with, with nine children and a mama mm -hmm. and a daddy, mm -hmm. sometimes you don't have the time to teach those miracles. Mm -hmm. My grandmother taught us. Amen. Miracles happen every day. You're not oh. paying attention when it's happening, but it's happening. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw this movie, I was there. I understood that. Mm -hmm. Now my grandmother t uh, treated, but she treated for, uh, for bleeding mm -hmm. to stop uh, when someone was, was cut and they were bleeding. Mm -hmm. And she didn't even, after a while, she was too old to go to the person and sometimes the person was bleeding too heavily for them to bring the bleeder to her. Mm -hmm. And so she would always ask if there was a large body of water between her and the person she was treating. And they say, they would think and they'd say, no, que direction, which direction? And she would send that treatment. And she say, if it's still bleeding when you get, when you get uh, there, yeah, yeah. you need to find some, and she's nine times out of 10, by the leading. time they made it back. So can you share with us about a story or should you not because you're interviewing us? Because this is an equalizer <laughs> thing. This is an equal opportunity, I think, right? But I, mean, I don't know if you I, can. I would love to share my story because Thank it, is, you. it is a part of who I am. And um, as you've all said, we, we believe in this because we've lived it. So I'm not quite sure how old I was, but old enough to remember the experience. So perhaps five, six. Um, so I was a bleeder. Mm -hmm. I would often frequently have nosebleeds mm -hmm. and uh, and it would take some effort and whatnot but eventually it would stop well the one time that I did have one my parents did take me to the hospital and the doctors pretty much told them there's nothing we can do she mm -hmm. will bleed out we we, we 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 don't know what it is no one could describe it and so uh, we went back to my grandmother's house mm -hmm. and um, so it kind of would stop but then it would start again kind of thing and I remember that and uh, so they called a healer, a treacher, mm. and it was an old man. And I was, so, I was a little girl and he was very scary looking mm. for a child mm -hmm. because he, poor thing, he had arthritis. And so he had gnarly looking hands and yes, and he was bald and he was humped over and he had a crooked cane as crooked as his fingers. And, but the kindest and the most gentle soul, he had a very soft, soft voice. So that kind of eased my fear of, of what I was seeing. And he instructed them to get the broom 
and pull a stick off of that broom mm -hmm. and he took up uh, some of my hair and tied the broomstick in that and he said some prayers over me and it stopped bleeding <laughs> and it really I haven't had a nosebleed well ever <laughs> since unless I hit my nose but yeah he wouldn't accept money either and so that's mm -hmm. why I knew about that part of it mm -hmm. he wouldn't accept money and my parents did not thank him because they knew right. that you, don't, that do you that. don't do that. But today people don't understand that. So people will come to see me and they'll say, thank you. Well, then I'm going to say, well, don't say thank you because it's going to make it not work. They don't even know. They're just being polite. Right. It's just different. And because we understand scientifically, and we do understand quantum physics, and we do understand that two particles can have an effect on each other, and we yeah. do understand, that doesn't take away the mystery mm -hmm. of how it happens. It's kind of like when you figure out the sun is the center instead of the earth, it doesn't make us understand the solar system. It just gets one thing clearer to us, but it's still nature and miraculous. Pat's been sitting here taking notes, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so interested to know what you've jotted down there. She took notes while you were speaking, then she took notes while you were speaking. She's a teacher, you know. I, I know she that. She takes I know that a long time educator. In but she says, we might learn something <laughs> today. No, today. What you learn, teach us. Uh, I, I'm, uh, like the, the analogy with the Green Mile mm -hmm. uh, takes us in one realm of treating and healing. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, too, people, uh, our ancestors, who learned all of the, the spiritual and also had a heads up on the same medicines your druggists are using today. Absolutely. They oh, just had, yeah. for example, uh, mm -hmm. if I had a, uh, I don't, I'm not a traiteur, mm -hmm. but my grandchildren tell me I have a healing touch. You and and I understand, I understand that when they're sick, it's it's like me. Don't touch me. Take me to my grandmother. Right. She because she just had to cover my ears and and hold me and hunt. By the time I got out of the, it was I don't know if I left it in her or on her, but I felt a hundred percent better. And I think the first time I realized I had that so-called healing touch, I was babysitting for a doctor and his wife who had gone for the weekend mm -hmm. to the Gramlin Southern game. And their little boy, mm -hmm. who was the baby, he may have been not even a year old. And there was a little girl who was a little bit older. But that little baby coughed and coughed. It was the night before they came, they came back home. Coughed and coughed and I'd hear him. <coughs> yeah. Oh. I said, oh no, I've got to do something. Didn't know what medicine you, you give a doctor's child. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Honey, I said, well, I'm going to give him something natural. I made him some lemonade, lemon and water, and I warmed it, and I gave it to him. Honey, that child slept soundly, woke up the next morning like nothing had happened, even his little fever broke. Because you were loving the child. And there was no medicine Involved. but that lemon, lemon tea. 
Lemon so, and water. Yes, right. Lemon and water. That, that, that little hack and cough, I just needed to break it. But then I was talking to, my, to Denny mm -hmm. today, and she said, well, be sure you don't forget him. I was telling, I was going to tell the story about the lemon mm -hmm. tea. She said, well, don't forget the honey and soda. Mm. It gets frothy looking. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you have a heavy, thick, thick congestion that you can't break, mm. uh, some people say, I give them whiskey. I never put whiskey in mine. It was just honey and soda, as mama say, la soda, and a teaspoon of each. Mix it. It fuzzes it up a little bit. It fizzes. It yeah. fizzes. Uh, it's like the, the honey starts looking whipped. <laughs> And you give it to them, and honey, the next morning, there it's, it's it's gone. Going. There's yes. so many of those home remedies, Absolutely. and you make me think about Monglier tea, and we all Absolutely. know about that. I remember, I grew up on that. Right. Absolutely. And you talk about something that will sweat a fever out, even you if you don't have a, it. You're going to sweat. Absolutely. It's going to whatever you have. It's coming out. But you see her hesitancy to treat a doctor's child. Yes. Because we, at some point in all of the cultures, and at the right time. We decided that medicine was going to take care of us in a way we could not anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to have sterilized, mm -hmm. and we're going to have wonder medicine, and we're going to go, and, 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 and it's going to take care of everything. And we wanted that to be. Mm. And we put our faith in that and abandoned mm -hmm. a lot of the old ways. Not necessarily even on purpose. Okay, so today, can we bridge that? And that's a conversation. I think that's what yeah, we're yeah, making that's what's that being held and had, uh, because it is a holistic approach. It is, of course, modern medicine. But uh, I know the many conversations I've had with professional uh, folks who are in uh, in the health field, uh, healthcare field. It is a, it, it's, it's all of the, it's, it's everything involved. Absolutely. It's faith, it's spiritual, That's right. it's, uh, it's herbs and, and, and lemon and honey and all of these wonderful things and modern medicine. One of the things that I find difficult um, when we talk about bridging it is I understand that healing works physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. We don't know how it's gonna work. So when you wanna get healing into a hospital, they do, I've, I've been, I've participated in studies where we're going to treat, you treat X number of people who have pain with this particular protocol that I learned. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you're only looking at if their pain subsided. So you mm -hmm. can't look at, well, maybe I slept well after you did this. Maybe mm -hmm. I had a greater understanding. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was dying and I still died, but I had peace. We, if we don't touch on everything and we try to take this gift and put it into a hospital or a medical setting, then we're only looking at the physical. It's, it's really being able to develop your uh, perception mm -hmm. of things. Your sense of perception. Once a healer is a person that has enough, he developed as a certain sensitivity mm -hmm. that is developed, it's a practice. And the idea is to be able to kind of pinpoint exactly where the breakage is. It's a practice. It's an energy. And I, it is an energy, and I love describing it also as a gift. I really do. And yes. And if, as Pat was saying, you know, we don't say thank you and, and, and 
and and we don't pay but we can exchange or border because they boarded in the old days mm -hmm. the the reality of of that is it's not ego-based right absolutely no. it is so not ego-based mm -hmm. people would come to me and say well do you heal everybody and then i want to say well do you have asked the doctor that you know, but we right. have expectations. I love her fire. <laughs> Always did. It, you know, we have expectations. The doctor can do it. Now can you? Well, I don't know. You're going to work. It's not ego-based because you don't know. Exactly. And nobody knows. So I just had to throw the... It's, no, I think I'm some of those things were about no ego. Right. The, the thing, uh, the way they, they were handling it, mm -hmm. it's like those of us who are listening and don't have the... I'm going to say the gift. You do. Uh, okay. Where we don't have the words to say. Mm -hmm. We want you to know the other side of that is sometimes right in your own backyard. I'm back to the yes. actual physical things we used to do. Y'all remember the flannel? It was a little flannel vest that every Creole child wore when winter started. Well, and you, you had two or three. Well, I know we also had undershirts. That too. We, that was that was year round. That was that. That's a normal thing. With, with us, we had the flannel, mm -hmm. and it was a flannel piece of fabric. Grandma would buy, and every grandchild had a, a couple. So you take a bath and put your flannel, and <laughs> that lasted all winter. Little things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about racine de siro. A uh, racine is a root, syrup root. It's ginger. <laughs> so you buy it. Sounds it's so ginger. Right. So you buy it mm -hmm. in the store and in a root. Mm -hmm. They put it in a mason jar in water. Whoever suffered with their stomach. Indigestion, it's great for them. Uh, yeah. Indigestion or just some kids. It's always a stomach hurt. That was the worst and thing for children, And they would tell us, they would tell us, don't drink so-and-so's water. Mm. That water with the roots in it is for so-and-so. That's what she drinks. The rest of you drink from yeah. the faucet or from the little cup. That's yeah. her water. It was, so there were some practical things that those of us who didn't know the, the words mm -hmm. were able to Tra now we able to translate. Oh, that's what that so was. that's what that was. You know, a lot of a lot of this stuff too. Like uh, this, an old preacher that I used to know, and he used to have big jars on the side of his building, mm -hmm. and in the big jars were alcohol and china bowl. And he would tell me, he said, Dennis, I could never get any more camphor because the drugstore figured out what he was making. <laughs> And so a lot of times these people, yeah, because they, they, you know, like arthritic kind of thing, they would naturally make the natural stuff. Right. You know, you notice. And so it was just something common that they made themselves. So parting words from each of you as we wrap this up, talking about the uh, tradition of uh, faith healers, traitors mm -hmm. in southwest Louisiana. Um, I have very fond memories and it's, it's a part of who we are. It's a part of why we connect, why we don't tend to move away. Um, we typically stay here, we grow up here, we stay here, and I think the rest of the world, not I think, I know, they're fascinated when they hear that or come to our area. You mean you lived here all your life? You never, no? You know, food's good. Um, <laughs> we connect. Music. Music's great. Our art is great. Our culture. And, it, and so I just think it's, it's just endearing um, to us as, and to who we are as a people. Parting words? I'm just yes. so happy that we could meet again and do this and this could happen 
I think the, the intention for me is to try to get everybody to see healers in their own area, even if they live in New York, mm -hmm. even if they're Jewish, even if they're not from a native culture, but just what they think as just American. And I, I think to respect what we see in other cultures, because if it's not like we do it, then we're kind of, we are zir, we are kind mm -hmm. of, you know, well, yes. just because they do it different doesn't mean it's not loving God and powerful and it doesn't work. So I think that's what, that's what I would say. And you've done a lot of work too, um, Becca. And so if folks want to reach out to you, see your work, find out more about um, the healing and the tradition here. Yeah, I think I'm seeing myself more as trying to teach. Mm -hmm. I've been doing some like work in films and maybe I'll write. I'm not trying to set myself up for oh. 10,000 people to line up at my house so I can touch them. Because we course. can all do this. Of course, but you're on, you're, you're, yes, your, your I do work have a, is what I'm, I'm, I have I'm getting. A I have a, a, a website. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That's wonderful. And you, Dennis? Parting well, words? A parting word is to remember that we're only one person away from our miracle. And we need to recognize that um, we all have the potential to make changes, but it begins with how much we give of ourselves and how much we listen to others and to recognize that uh, we all have the potential to be healed, okay? But healing comes in different ways. I remember when my brother was, was uh, dying, one of my brothers, mm -hmm. and uh, my sister-in-law was convinced that the preacher, you know, they brought a prayer cloth, they brought everything, you know, and it just didn't happen for him. So one of my brothers said, Dennis, you need to talk to the sister-in-law. And one of the things I told her, I said, sister-in-law, let me explain to you. And I said, one of the greatest miracles that ever could happen is acceptance. I said, that is a miracle when yeah. you accept God's will. I said, I'm not disagreeing with your pastor. But here's why we fall so, so short in this healing thing. It's because, first of all, we think healing comes in a certain way, mm -hmm. and only a certain way. Yeah, and it okay. doesn't. It's not, it's not a pill in the bottle, in a bottle. Pat? All right, I think I got it together <laughs> now. Uh, uh, as Rebecca said earlier, I think we all have the potential to heal. And that potential begins with the desire mm -hmm. to comfort to provide comfort to someone we love. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we're in the process of comforting or healing, which I think are synonymous, mm -hmm. it's to reach out to someone, mm -hmm. to someone who's had some experience. Um, I have you know, uh, family members who call me, what did my mom do for this? What did we, how did, we do this before and we share those uh well usually she'd start off with mm -hmm. and after a time it becomes a habit and then it's passed down from one generation to another even things a person wouldn't believe that but they probably can vouch for it you know how we say viruses are, are they're not curable Mm -hmm. They keep coming back, uh, mm -hmm. and you, you can't cure a virus. Yes, you can. And <laughs> the, the solution, if you can dab it, not drink something, 
dab, wherever it is, you can cure it. The solution, ginseng violet. Each time the virus shows itself, mm -hmm. you do it. That will kill it. Well, by the time it all comes out, it might not be this week, mm -hmm. maybe not next week, but every time. When we were little, we used to get thrush. Mm, yes. Uh, the tongue right would now. have this white get, yes. all the way in the throat. Mm -hmm. Mama then would do the little Q-tip in the gentle and paint it. After a while, the body stops making it because it's, it's got no more. What's, what we've been doing to treat viruses, mm -hmm. it makes it go away, but it hides, it's, it's laughing at us. Yes. But you want to kill it on the spot. And when it's gone, Three or four times it is gone. Wow. Well, I want to thank you all so much for being here with us for 10 Talks Acadia. And let's not let this be our last conversation. We'll pick up from here uh, where we left off because I definitely know that there are very many people who, who are interested, who want to know more about it, and those who do know about it would like to, to remember a walk down memory lane. Thank you all so much and thank you for joining us for this podcast, 10 Talks Acadiana, talking about the tradition of Southwest Louisiana's healers that are known as Tretos. 10 Talks Acadiana. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Star Media production.